Thursday, October 27th, the 300th day of 2022. There are 65 days left in the year. Good morning, MB. Getting you through In the Know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. We're going to tell you about how your favorite Halloween candies got named. And do we have to ruin every Halloween costume? We'll figure that out. That and a whole lot more coming up today. Here on in the know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. My beautiful wife, the beautiful girl, it's me. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. It'll come no surprise to you that uh, eggs are the favorite <laughs> breakfast food worldwide. Fair to say? Sure. You like eggs? Yes? I love eggs. I don't know why eggs get relegated to only for breakfast. I think they should be good for about any meal of the day. Sure. Second most favorite breakfast food you think might be? Cereal? Believe it or not, it's sausage. Okay. Then toast. Then pancakes. Pancakes came in ahead of bacon. Interesting. Wouldn't you have? I would have imagined. Yeah, but we don't necessarily. That's true. And if if they if they factor it in worldwide too, there'll be people who are less likely to eat sausage or bacon or that type of thing. Surprisingly enough, though, um, French toast was not in the top five, and I'm (laughs) super surprised at that. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's a two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe: London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo, and even Litchfield. Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? <clears throat> I'm a little bit curious. Uh, so it's Thursday again. That means Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, when the Bengals played on Thursday night, mm-hmm. you had a Cougar game, mm-hmm. so you really couldn't participate anyway. So I mm-hmm. guess my question is: Did um, if you had been free? On that night, were you equipped to watch it? Are you a Prime subscriber? Well, I would have physically been there since it was a home game, since I'm a season uh, ticket So you would have gone yeah, on Thursday night? Yes, I am a, a school Prime. night and come back to work on oh, Friday? I, come on, you're, you're asking. I'm just you're, asking. Uh, I'm just... Yeah, without quite, not even thought twice. Okay. I think it was a Ring of Honor night, White Tiger, White Helmets. Uh, so there was extra reason to be there. I got uh, it. Yeah. I well, mean, so any... finally, the Amazon Prime is no longer sending their feed also to NBC or to the NFL Network. Now it's just on Prime. I thought local markets. Well, I... if you're not in okay. Tampa, like tonight, if you're not in Tampa or you're not in Baltimore, then you're blacked out unless you have Prime. Uh-huh. And I was trying to figure out, do most people have Prime now? It's $139 a year in addition to the shipping and all the video. Well, considering and I mean, when the Bengals had that game, you'd be surprised. I was surprised by how many people that were complaining on social media about not having Prime. Hmm. Uh, and, and at that point, I think you can do like a seven-day free trial, and that's what everyone was saying. Just do your free trial, cancel it, watch the game, and then you never have to worry about it again. Hard to live out here in God's country without Prime. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Yeah. Been, you see, these, been, these been people a, are... I've been, pri- been a primer for over a decade now, and... Uh, Proud, proud, and pretty, yes. pretty, pretty close to it. Yeah, areas of morning fog today, which you might have seen, it's finally burnt off and warmed up just a little bit. We're going to see a sunny afternoon, and we're going to see a warmer trend to end the work week. We're going to see some rain returning 
Sunday and into Halloween. Saturday going to be a beautiful day. Plenty of sun, highs in the low 70s. Rain moves into the region on Sunday, hangs around. We need more of it. Uh, the the amount that we got, we were blessed to get rain on, on um, I guess it was Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon and evening. And it was uh, that amount just soaked right up. Mm-hmm. You know, like it didn't create mud. It didn't create it just... It got the, and it, you know, made things a little less brittle. Sunny in 63 today. We'll see increasing clouds 41 tonight. And we'll see partly cloudy in 69 for tomorrow is what you can expect. Nice night for high school football. Yeah. I mean, a little bit cool by the time the game's over. It's what you would expect high school football on October the 28th to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, next Friday for playoff. Sign me up. I mean. So far. I mean, could you know? I mean, could cha- could change between now and then. It's always beautiful in Bowling Green too. National news headline: uh, Seeing that the the guy who crashed through that Christmas parade in I think Wakasha, the little burb of uh, of Madison, Wisconsin, that uh, he was convicted on uh, six murder charges uh daryl brooks he was he was guilty of all 76 charges but six counts were first degree intentional homicide you've been following along with that trial uh, it's been that judge deserves a lot of credit i don't know if you've been following along but he was defending himself which is his right and was it twain who said he he who represents himself has a fool for a client. I think that's basically don't represent yourself in court. Mm-hmm. And so he did, but it turned into, because he didn't know what he was doing, the judge had to be extra patient with him because he was both the his attorney and the defendant. And so she deserves a lot of credit, but we'll wait for the sentencing in that because it was just obvious. The jury was out for three hours, which mm-hmm. was a little surprising they were out that long because it's pretty obvious what he did but uh, returned 76 guilty verdicts in that case. A man who has multiple appearances on the Grayson County Sheriff's Office list of most wanted suspects has been indicted and arrested in another county. 33-year-old Brandon Shane Zabala was indicted by a Grayson County grand jury before receiving stolen property. Zabala was convicted in LaRue County in March of 2018 for felony theft of uh, identity of another. He has appeared on the most wanted roster at least twice. He was arrested in Breckenridge County earlier this month and extradited and seems happy about it. I know, he right? Seems That's happy. all I could think. I'm, I'm Low looking, life? That what it says? Uh, yeah, maybe. Or, or tow life. Uh, but you maybe, the- he's a, maybe he's a tower by trade. I don't know. Oh, my. Yes. Well, I noticed his, the tattoo, but I, uh-huh. I didn't, didn't notice that it was the letter. Get, mis- get misty on I stopped line. trying to read them a long time ago. Uh, she... She is at home, so I do. Yeah, so she might be available to, to decipher that. Um, well, I spoke to her yesterday, and she was hoping to be local uh, today. And don't tomorrow. we need like the like? There's the bat signal. Do we need the misty signal Something in the air? Something like that. But I will just tell you I, this: this booking photo. I don't know if this is a recent booking photo or if this is an archival booking photo. But when you so here's when you learn the factoid, you say he was extradited from Breckenridge County to Grayson County. This photo indicates to me. That the digs are much more palatial at Hotel 36. Or maybe the food is better because he's like, finally, I'm over here where mm-hmm. we get good food and mm-hmm. et cetera. But who knows? Maybe this is an old photo. I don't know for, I don't know one way or another. A man with a warrant has been arrested on drug charges by Ohio County deputies and drug task force members. The Ohio County Sheriff's Office 
deputies and members of the Penny Ryan Narcotics Task Force explored Leroy Lane just off Taffy Road, about eight miles north of Hartford. While in the area, they made contact with Cody Mosley of Owensboro, who had an outstanding warrant. Uh, arrest warrant out of Davis County and et cetera, et cetera. An Elizabethtown chiropractor has been sentenced following his conviction on a rape charge. 34-year-old Matthew Colasani was sentenced Tuesday to five years in prison. He was found guilty of third-degree rape uh, late uh, in late August. The Hardin County Commonwealth's attorney tried Colasanti on a first-degree rape count, but the jury found him guilty of a lesser third-degree rape charge. Colasani also pled guilty to a third-degree sexual abuse charge in a separate but similar case. He faces 90 days in jail on that charge. You can read more details at K105.com should you need them. On unrelated but uh, similar line of uh, subject matter, state police investigations of child sexual exploitation and abuse cases have led to arrest in two separate Fayette County cases and a sentencing in another case in Whitley County. In Fayette County, 34-year-old Spencer Dodson and Matthew Mullins, who is age 28, both of Lexington, have been charged in separate cases, uh, one count of possessing or viewing matter portraying. And then in Whitley County, uh, 30-year-old David Mays was sentenced in Whitley County Circuit Court for charges of child sexual uh, abuse. The prescription drug take-back program, as you commonly know it, is being held this weekend. Kentucky's residents who want to get rid of prescription drugs they no longer need may do so this weekend. The events are part of the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration's National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. The program offers a way to dispose of prescription drugs safely and educates the public about the potential for medication abuse. The To uh, view the collection sites accepting prescription drugs from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday, you can visit the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency's locator site, and they will give you the location that is closest and most convenient to you. For those who can't make it to one of the events, prescription drugs may also be disposed of safely at drug disposal location in 116 counties, and you can find a list of those online as well. Why is it important? Well, I'll tell you one reason that it's important that you may not be the obvious reason that you think of. If you have, um, say, let's say you're an older individual and you might have other people in your home. They might be children, might be caregivers, could be grandchildren, could be contractors, could be whoever. Those things have monetary value, and so if you're just stockpiling those things, in addition to they sometimes lose their efficacy or they aren't needed if they're beyond their prescription, they can also be a temptation to others who might use them for... LPD is the one here locally. LPD? Oh, thank you, Sam. I was doing the same thing. We've worked with them various times over <laughs> the years in doing them at different locations. Uh, this program is really in earnest, got legs about a decade ago or so mm-hmm. is when it kind of took off. And so the drop-off locations have been, have changed. They've they've either changed or they've been added to, or sometimes, I don't know that pharmacies will do them, but I would, you know, that's why I just said, you you find the experience that's best for you, but it's a national program. Mm-hmm. So it's it's happening nationwide. 10 to 2 on Saturday there. Ten and two, ten and two. A legislative committee heard from the director of the University of Kentucky Cannabis Center, which was created under a measure enacted by the General Assembly earlier this year. While bills legalizing medical cannabis or marijuana have passed the Kentucky House in the past few years, they have never been acted upon 
in the Senate. So lawmakers approved House Bill 604, which allocated $2 million over a two-year period to create the Cannabis Center at UK and have them report back to the legislature with their findings in 2024. So they had a member from that program gave the Interim Joint Health, Welfare, and Family Services Committee yesterday an update on where things now stand, including some federal funding. It sounds like a lot of people in state government are conducting these, um, I won't necessarily call them listening sessions, but are trying to do their best to listen to the experts and block out some of the noise and just figure out what the path forward is. Uh, A few years ago, I said, you know, from a recreational standpoint, just consider Kentucky to be last. But I do think it's it's inevitable. It it may not be in a reasonable amount of time <laughs> relative to now, but I just think that it is eventually inevitable. As Ryan Lemon says, marijuana train's coming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as much as you don't like it, and as much as some of these trains that you've been trying to avoid, you don't want them. It's just a is just a matter of time. Societal shifts are just changing it, and um, just just get out among just get out among in, especially in populous areas. Just get out among and pay attention, and you'll see it's just. I mean, it's just it's everywhere, and people have just decided it's commonly accepted. So I'm going to do it. Is what a lot of people have decided. So the sooner that Kentucky at least tries to get, I won't say get ahead of it, but get alongside it and figure out how it how it interfaces with governments and regulations and that type of thing, I think the better off we will be. I, I got to give the I got to give the House a lot of credit. Is they've basically thrown the hot potato over to the Senate for the last few years and just said, we, we know that's where the Uber conservatism is and it's fewer votes and people are less likely to lead on the charge. So we'll just vote for it. Then you all have to deal with it. And now finally they're saying, Oh, well, I guess we better finally decide what we're going to do about this. So that's something that will be coming up in upcoming um, sessions of the legislature. Undefeated Flight Line and Rich Strike, who was the upset winner of the Kentucky Derby, had a field of nine for the Breeders' Cup Classic, with trainer Todd Pletcher pre-entering two horses for the $6 million race. That also includes a horse from the barn of embattled trainer Bob Baffert. The Classic field was among the horses pre-entered yesterday for the $28 million 14-race World Championships Next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend, the 4th and 5th at Keeneland in Lexington. Uh, Keeneland last hosted the event in 2020, but they didn't have fans because it was during the pandemic. So they'll be looking to get back to, we love the Derby. We love the Triple Crown. Those are more spectator types of races. Yeah. This is where the breeders, like if you're, if you're in the equine industry, this is where you're paying attention. Uh Mm -hmm. If you're a horse racing nut this weekend, you have circled on, on your calendar every single year. Mm. This is the masters of, of, you know, where everyone tunes in and watches. Now I love the masters. So I Uh guess my thing, maybe I'm not paying enough attention to the breeders Uh cup. I've never, Uh I've never been to a breeders cup race. I have another. Uh, We'll be getting ready this weekend. We'll talk more about it tomorrow the rare ranked showdown between Kentucky and Tennessee will take place this weekend. It would have been really nice for two seven and O teams to be facing one another, but hasn't worked out that way, but you still got number three, Tennessee, number 19, Kentucky, a lot on the line. Uh, but I can just tell the, 
the energy and looking forward to this game is growing a little bit by the hour as we get late week. Are you excited about it yet, Sam? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It's it still seems far enough away that I haven't haven't gotten into it because I've got, you know, we got the Cougars tomorrow night mm-hmm. first. That's that's on the on the tip of my tongue right now. I got my expectations set uh-huh. low. But my interest and enthusiasm level is growing and building. I, I can sort of tell. Yeah, it's a fair. And I will also say that from a, from a from a ticket holder standpoint, the game Saturday night probably has an impact on the arc of my trajectory for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, like I would be, depending upon what happens in Knoxville, I would be much more likely and excited to go see Vandy. And Georgia and Louisville, if they, eh, you know, I'd be like, well, maybe somebody else wants to go see a couple of those games or something. So that's that's what I'm telling you. I'm just waiting to see what Ken and I are happens. not allowed to go together. We've made that decision. That's true. Now I do have ways <laughs> that you can both go but not sit together in case you think that was the issue. I, we're not sure. Parking pass. We're not sure, but it's it's just what happened is not allowed to happen again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because uh, what happened that night did not go well. I think what happened that night actually happened the week before at Oxford. So I won't I won't hold you to. Oh, no, we have uh, we have fully accepted the blame. Really, Ken Hallett has. He's he's been uh, he's been he's been beat up about it. <laughs> a Florida man poured bleach into a coworker's drink for being quote difficult to work with. A Florida uh, Olson's Mercantile employee has been arrested for allegedly. Pouring bleach, well, they had it on hand since they stock it, uh, into his co-worker's drink after an argument. Jerome Ellis, a uh, DeLand, Florida, Olson's Mercantile employee, was arrested on charges of poisoning food or water and tampering with evidence after video surveillance showed Ellis pouring bleach into his co-worker's can of Pepsi on Monday. They had some type of argument, so he just decided he was going to get back at him. But since Christy pretty much is employed there, I thought she was going to have to bring some bleach as well. I keep waiting for her check to arrive. I know, right? Bleach down a, uh, a certain area of the store. I will tell you, I wish she had a punch card for most Olson's Mercantile's visit. Oh, yeah. I would win. I bet bet she would be at least in the top ten visiting the most different stores. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way here on In the Know. Today is Boxer Shorts Day. Today is Black Cat Day. It is Cranky Coworkers Day today. (laughs) Yesterday or last week was Cranky Coworks Day and portions of florida and it is also potato day today when i thought of it being potato day i immediately wanted to go with bubba washington's shrimp line in forrest gump started just wanting to name all the different types of potatoes that you can have and then um, one of our family's favorite disney shorts is when goofy gets to go to potato land (laughs) it's <laughs> good well see i think of my little brother was we were talking about halloween costumes he was a wiggle one year i don't know if you all were around well i guess anna probably would have been close to the wiggles wait he the was TV, what he was a wiggle he was one of the oh, wiggles wiggle. one year and okay. they had I the song hot right. potato oh yeah oh yeah hot potato hot potato but you know potato, that didn't potato, come potato, from the wiggles potato. well they right. sang it that's how okay. i know it okay i know it from disney shorts right from disney jr well, I know the, it from PE class. Okay, all right. So, all right. I just, so it's it's a it's a common uh, children's yeah. song. Fair fair to say. Uh, your favorite Halloween candies? 
may be in the offing for you in the coming days with Halloween coming on Monday. Read some interesting information about the origins of some of the most popular Halloween candies. This is not one of my favorites, but it does explain a lot that the Three Musketeers. It's a good one. In 1932, the Three Musketeers bar was originally three smaller pieces. It was the Neapolitan of candy bars, if you will, because one was chocolate, one was vanilla, and one was strawberry. Hmm. As a result, it was given the name of the Alexander Dumas novel. In 1945, it became a single chocolate nougat candy bar. So... But it does make you wonder why you look at that and go, what does this have to do with Three Musketeers? Well, used to be three pieces. I'm surprised they haven't brought that back. Now yeah, it's just me too. One. I do. Did you? Did, did it make sense when I said uh-huh. it was the Neapolitan of candy bars? Uh-huh. Cause you got, yeah, you know, because you got because that would be. I think that would work well, like at our house. Like we sure. wanted to share one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Have you ever wondered why milk duds are called milk duds? Probably a slip up, right? That it, you know, something they were making something and it became a dud. The accident became more popular and easier. They were widely accepted, <laughs> so intended to be balls of caramel covered in chocolate. When Hoffman and Company of Chicago first tried in 1928, they struggled to create perfectly shaped spheres. They eventually stopped trying, and the treats were given the name Milk Duds for the milk in the chocolate and caramel, and for the dud of their irregular appearance. They're all, like sort, of, all sort of different. Yeah, it's like it's enjoying not, the stuff. Even though it's not perfect, we still enjoy it. Do we? I do. I don't have them very often just because I really just don't want to fight with them in my teeth. Uh-huh. And see, that's one of the reasons, not fighting with them in my teeth, that's one of the reasons I like them, because they last longer, because you have to work so hard. Yeah, they may last all day if you do it. You I think it, it lasts me about three or four months. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know. That's you give me the list of candies. That's that is towards the bottom. You may not be. I surprised. mean, it's above the raisins, but you may not be surprised to learn that Snickers was named after a horse. I think I knew that. When introduced around 1930, it was named for one of Frank Mars family's horses. When Mars looked to export the Snickers bar to the UK, they learned the word Snickers rhymed too easily with knickers, which was slang for underwear. So it was marketed as the Marathon Bar until 1990, I guess, in in the UK. Okay. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups has an interesting story. Reese, a farmer and employee of Milton Hershey, Harry Reese, so he, he worked for the Hershey Company, began selling his own chocolate and peanut butter treats made in his basement in 1928. He called his candies penny cups and sold them for one cent. But the name changed, presumably, when the price did, when they were no longer a penny. They couldn't call them penny cups. So, call them Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay. We know that Tootsie Rolls, mm-hmm. Leo Hirschfield, named his pseudo-chocolate candies after his daughter, Clara, who was nicknamed Tootsie. Hirschfield had a candy shop in Brooklyn, first making his hand-rolled, chew- hand-rolled chewy candies in 1896 with the idea of creating a form of chocolate that didn't melt. Goes in soldier's rations very well, and that's why it's remained popular Throughout the years. Jolly Ranchers. 
Mm-hmm. Can I tell you how hard peach Jolly Ranchers are to find these days? <laughs> Even in your variety no. bags the red, at the store. Red or blue? No. If they're not peach, I'm not sure that I want. I could maybe do a sour apple. Might even could do a watermelon. But the peach Jolly Rancher you, you is what I want the most. like the sour apple. That's like the worst one. No, it's the best one. I'll take the leftovers. So you set set them wow. aside when you don't want them, and I'll and I'll take them. It's I mean red and blue. Those are your. I mean. By the way, I got into a lemon starburst last night and was a little bit surprised that I enjoyed it. What's that? Your your treat that was my treat for doing uh, for gotcha. color for being uh, uh for coloring my project well yes. did you get an f for fantastic i got all the grades yeah but my grades apparently mean different than everyone else's <laughs> created in 1949 they were first sold by the jolly rancher company near denver the name symbolized friendliness and the spirit of the american west because they could be sold all year jolly rancher hard candies became the focus of the company by the early 1950s Starburst candies were first made in 1960 in the United Kingdom and were known as opal fruits. Introduced to the United States in 67, they were renamed Starburst to reflect their juiciness and burst-like flavor. They became Starburst in the UK during the 1990s. And have you ever wondered why Butterfinger is named Butterfinger? No, not really. It's created by the Curtis Candy Company in 1926, They had a contest where the winner got to name the bar, like a sweepstakes where you entered. With its peanut butter innards and chocolate coating, it is said to have been named after Nikola Butterfingers Jovanovich, a self-identified klutz. And so he he won the contest to name it. And because his nickname was Butterfingers, because he was a klutz, they named the candy bar Butterfinger. I like it. So. It's always a good. I thought it was kind of neat the way that that happened. I mean, you that's, still hear that cool. in sports. Call your buddy a Butterfingers if he drops an easy one. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, well, and then Snickers, and, you know, that, that taught us to call our friends Diva when they get hangry. You act like a Diva. Uh-huh. You need a Snickers. You're not yourself. That's right. You're not yourself. Like, that was Betty White commercial, I think, in there, too. Yeah. I think Betty White was one of the first ones that. Uh-huh. Uh, that Playing football that, that with her friends. That. That's exactly yeah. right. On Monday night. And maybe some events will be held tomorrow and perhaps even uh, Saturday. I've heard something about something about a treat. treat. Some kind of event at First Baptist. Uh, (laughs) Streets, treats. She doesn't know. She she doesn't she doesn't know how much time we spent on Treat Street on Tuesday. Did you go back and count? (laughs) No, it's being audited by the accounting firm of Buckles, Travis, and Hart. Uh, (laughs) On how many Treat Street mentions actually we got in there. And when, when is Treat Street? I'll tell you about it during the break. I said when? <laughs> oh, it's Monday, apparently. Okay. Is that right? Is Monday? <laughs> I'm like, I think that's right. Well, yeah. if you all heard it that many times, five, surely you can tell me when it is. <laughs> I don't know that we ended up getting out any of the details. Instead <laughs> no, of just no, saying, it was just. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, actually, you know what? I, well, I was going to say, you surely, have, you surely have the graphic. I do. So while you're loading that up, it is the question. When the kids load up the buckets and they bring home all the Halloween candy, do you let them just run wild and eat as much as they want, or do you ration it and force that they can't overindulge on the Halloween candy? It's really a stylistic choice. Yeah, so it's uh, okay. Monday, Monday at five thirty. Okay. Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't. It doesn't bother me 
but you are going to bed. So if you go to bed with ants in your pants and you lay there because you're so jacked up on sugar, that's all on you. Yeah. You know, Anna, she would just take her bucket upstairs. I never knew what happened to it. Um, it doesn't bother me. Sarah Jed is a blogger and communications professor at University of Wisconsin. And she wrote a piece. And she said, I got a lot of negative feedback, especially from um, their Facebook page saying it's terrible because she just lets... She just lets their kids do whatever. One night ain't going to hurt it. Yeah, that's kind of what she said. The mother of five said she doesn't place limitations on her family's candy consumption so that they ultimately eat less of it. She said, this has always been our method. I feel like kids are naturally intuitive eaters, so they will figure out what is good for them. And uh, letting kids gorge on candies dovetails with a growing emphasis on autonomy for children in both parenting philosophies and educational approaches. See, our rule was, I think, if I remember right, is that we had to fill up a big gallon Ziploc bag filled with candy for my mom to take to school. So she had candy to give away to kids. Gotcha. And then you got the leftovers. Yes. So that was kind of the rule. You're not allowed to have any until you fill it out so she could have some to give away to her kids at, at school. And then I think she also did a rule where if they if her kids did the same thing, then she'd give them extra credit or something because then she'd have candy throughout the year to give away to kids. Okay, so I thought she had something. Well, you, you, I mean, I, I sort of do. I mean, it, it, so we always trick or treated. It, it typically places that we knew, but and I've never had any issues with my kids eating whatever amount of candy. If you vomit, you vomit. That's on you. <laughs> um, but Challenge I did. Accepted. Yes, I mean. So I did see a meme the other day. You know how parents always use the excuse, and I'm not saying that at a time or in, in other places that you you probably should check your kids' candy for um, drugs, whatever. But I saw a meme the other day that said drugs are too expensive for people to be putting in kids' candies. You don't have to check the, the kids' oh, yeah. candies anymore. Sure. Well, I saw a former a retired law enforcement officer the other day also saying, I'm hearing that the drugs in candy are really bad this year. Just go ahead and drop all your candy off at my house so we don't, you know, we don't run the risk of everybody, anybody getting anybody getting sick. And then this time of year, we also figure out a way to ruin most everything we were talking earlier about what the most popular halloween costumes are for the year if you're trying to do something 2022 you might also consider wordle but i don't understand why we have to sexy every contest so there's a sexy wordle halloween costume that's available online from yandy.com and i just don't quite understand it like is there what why is it that we have to? There's the, the you're on screen. You're oh, seeing okay. just a portion of it, but there's the full. It's like a bodysuit that's you know tight fitting, but it's got the wordle board on it, and I just don't quite understand why well, we. I mean, I'm kind of glad I didn't invent it because then I'd be getting all the money from it. Oh well, yeah, got it. <laughs> uh, Apple says it has no choice but to adopt USB-C charging ports, so lightning ports are going away in Apple devices as we move forward. Some of them, like my iPad has USB-C on it, but my phone has lightning, and it always puzzled me on why they were doing a combination. It seemed like mm-hmm. Apple would just want to just keep them consistent. Mm-hmm. But there are portions around the country, uh, there are portions, countries around the globe that they are forcing manufacturers to all be the same so that you have universal charging wherever you go. Are we okay with this? I mean, is it what I use? Is that what it's going to be? Uh, no, I think you're using Lightning, aren't you? I don't know what I use, I guess. Yeah. You're... 
Actually, yours might be USB-C, at least on this iPad. On that one? Uh-huh. All right. Well, well I'm trying to figure your, your out the phone, phone too. Light, your phone is like I'm using okay. wireless charging on my phone. I don't well, yet have wireless charging on my iPad. Do you use iPad. the same cord to charge both? Well, then it's both lightning. Yeah, so she's still lightning <laughs> on, on both. So eventually, it'll be the migration to... Uh, USB-C for all Apple devices, all newer Apple devices. And then this one struck me as odd. A man lived in a shopping mall for four years by making a secret apartment in an unused room. A man lived in a flat in the middle of a shopping center and no one noticed for years until he was discovered by security guards. Michael Townsend moved into where he, when he was evicted from his old property as the owner had decided to develop it and he was left with nowhere else to go. So he would, he used to run by this area and he spotted this location in this mall and they just decided, he thought, well, I'm going to live there for a week. And then it had a PlayStation, it had a big screen TV, that he and his Paul, friends could come and go as they wanted, and he lived there for four years. Paul Blart's been slacking. I think it's genius. That, I think it's uh, kudos to him, yeah. but I'm guessing someone in Paul Blart's office is getting fired. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. It's like, how did you all not catch this guy? He living there for four years in a shopping mall in Providence, Rhode Island. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. You're on In the Know. Did you know spam email got its name from the canned meat, but after a Monty Python skit that referred to spam as tasting horrible and being ubiquitous and inescapable. So it's because how Monty Python described spam the meat that they said that also is a good definition for this junk mail that we're receiving, ubiquitous and inescapable. I take spam the meat over spam emails every day of the week, though. Oh, absolutely. Spam the meat, especially fried up, is uh, not bad. Is, uh, is pretty good. Plus, you get a key. I uh-huh. can't believe you eat that, Sam. I, no, no, I wouldn't say that I... He takes I mean, it. He said he would take it over. Yeah, I mean, I, I could... <laughs> but I'm surprised he's even tasted it, I guess. Why? Hmm. <laughs> We'll get into that later. Is it mincemeat? <laughs> you know, yesterday was mincemeat day. Is spam mincemeat? I mean, Vienna sausages and all that. Those are really? good. Oh, yeah. Huh. Absolutely. See, you're, okay. <laughs> Katy hmm. Perry's mid-concert eye glitch sent fans into a frenzy. She suffered a mid-concert eye glitch. This was more than a twitch, hon. And oh now my. fans are worried the pop superstar might, uh, pop superstar might actually be a robot. During a recent performance of her Las Vegas play residency, she appeared unable to keep her right eye open. She even pressed her finger against her temple in a seeming effort to keep her eyelid from drooping. Eventually, the entertainer managed to raise her eyelid and proceeded to keep both eyes wide open for several moments. She then blinked before urging concert goers to make some noise for her band. So that is terrible. Makes you wonder. Stroke. I don't think so. I don't think it was medical in that sense. I think it's 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 either muscular or it's got to be heavy. Like her lash uh-huh. game has to be really heavy. It could be fatigue uh, or it could be there's glue. Obviously, she has to use some type of adhesive on those. And it is her those, right eye. On those lashes. So I don't know. I, well, you're sure. uh, much more likely to have what. Most people call a lazy eye in your right eye. Really? It's, yes. Okay. Well, it just looks like she's constantly winking. That's there. terrible. But that photo, she looks she looks very much like Wonder Woman in that photo yeah. with mm-hmm. the dark hair. and the, Coming from someone who's had to have those muscles repaired, yeah. I hope it's not serious. 
Absolutely. I saw a photo of Ariana Grande. She has gone blonde. Why, you ask? She is playing Galinda the Good in Wicked on Broadway. Hmm. And so to fit the part, she needs to be a blonde. So Ariana Grande is hmm. blonde, for at least for the foreseeable future. Adele calls Taylor Swift one of the greatest songwriters of our generation. Well, if Adele says it, then who are we to argue? Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. <laughs> Adele is a bona fide Swifty. The superstar offered up her take on Taylor Swift on Tuesday and had nothing but nice things to say. Oh, sure, that's but that's well, but that's the rule. You don't yeah. say anything. You don't say anything unless you have something nice to say. It's a good way to put it. It's kind of how I'm trying. Kind of how I'm trying to be. Malcolm in the Middle, Frankie Muniz, Muniz says Brian Cranston is trying to revive the show. I know nothing about Malcolm in the Middle other than it's what gave Brian Cranston his fame that didn't come from playing Dr. Tim Watley on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew Brian Cranston from Seinfeld as Dr. Tim Watley, but I never watched Malcolm in the Middle. Was it uh-huh. on Fox? It, Nick, wasn't it? I think it was Nick. It may- um, it came on after something really? that I used to watch. Okay. Well, see, I think of it. So, see, it very well could have been on Fox, but when I would have watched it, it would have been on Nick because it was after the show, I think, was already over. Okay. Uh, says there were one, they did seven seasons, 151 episodes, and they are trying to do a revival for it. It, it would see, just seem of, a little bit odd after he played Walter White yeah. to go back to playing the Malcolm in the Middle uh-huh. character. Maybe TBS because if you watch Friends all night, I may have woke up to Malcolm in the Middle. Okay, but that was in syndication. It didn't do. That's it wasn't true. first run uh, yeah, on TBS. No. There's, there's not any way. Kanye, <laughs> Kanye was, it was Fox. You're right. Kanye was turned away after showing up uninvited at Skechers HQ. So now he's even more persona non grata. He just shows up somewhere and they say, "Sorry, you don't have an appointment." Right? I mean, uh-huh. so six months ago, Kanye could show up anywhere and the doors would automatically open. And now it's, you know, nah. it's like in the Wizard of Oz where the guy in the green, you know, he opens the door and he can't see anybody. And then he says, not, not nobody, not know how. And he says, you can't, he can't see. If you can't tell, we've been watching the Wizard of Oz quite yes. a bit. And did you see inside the NBA on TNT this week when Shaq bet Charles Barkley, he couldn't spell spectacular on the air in real time? And he almost couldn't do it. So something was said, and Charles used the word spectacular. So Shaq says, I bet you $10,000 you can't spell spectacular. And so Charles gets halfway through the word, and then he pauses, and he can't tell it's like if he's on the right track or not. <laughs> then he spells it, and he's unsure, but nobody will bail him out and tell him that he got it right. Their silence leads him to think that... He, oh, he messed it up. Yeah, he didn't have it right, but uh, so apparently, I guess Shaq owes Charles ten thousand dollars. Then where they where they settled it? Got to get to a break. We'll come back. We got more on the way here on In the Know. I got the beat. MB's point to ponder for today. I got the so we squint at the sun, right? You look at the sun and you squint because the sun is bright. Yes. Yes. But notice, I also squint at people who aren't. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. What? I don't know what that natural response is. 
because it's this the opposite level of brightness, and my mm-hmm. eyes just go, mm, I don't understand. I read a follow-up to our McRib story that the McRib's coming back on Monday. I think that's what she's surprised at. You would you would eat Spam, and you would eat, you know, um, eat, uh I just, I don't Va- see Vainis, as some people would call them. But, I don't but you objected the... to the McRib. No, I did not object. You did not I object. said okay. I've never had the McRib. Oh, all right. There's not been a reason why I've never had it. It's just. As like a processed meat kind of guy. Bologna, absolutely. In- interesting. Bologna. Oh, so what I read was that the McDonald's marketing department being the genii that they are. Said it. This is the last time. No squinting at them. Yeah, they're trying to float the idea that this may be a farewell tour for the McRib, and I'm calling hogwash. If anything, I love you, McDonald's. I I I love you, and I love the McRib. But you're not going to convince me that this is the this is the last hurrah for. If the anything, they'll take it away for about two or three years. Yeah, they might skip next year. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, and then be oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. guess what? That's the right. return. That's right. Leave them wanting, always uh-huh. leave them wanting more. Because they got to get back to her uh, every two years, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, I read that as a possibility. I also read a list of movie titles that, scary movies that if you just slightly change them, they're suddenly much different. Um, ran across it enough to make a note that I thought they were interesting. Where did you go? Oh, like the Texas Coleslaw Coleslaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as scary at no right no. coleslaw. Much less scary than chainsaws. Just yeah, well, not very good though. Children of the Corn Dogs <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something you'd see at the Kentucky State Fair. Children of the Corn, scary. Children of the Corn Dogs, yeah. not so much. Well, I mean, if they all got them, it might get a little. Pet seminary. (laughs) Pets that go to become dogs of the cloth. Sounds like the newest Disney animated movie. (laughs) That's right. Fried Egg the 13th. We were talking about eggs earlier. Fried Egg the 13th. Why Friday the 13th? Nightmare on Elmo Street. (laughs) That'd be funny. Elmo. And uh, Heck Razor is... See, Heck Razor just doesn't have quite the same punch as it's... As its no, forerunner. It does not. Grey's Anatomy on TV tonight. Ghosts on TV tonight. Law and Order on TV tonight. Big Sky? It doesn't say, but probably. Okay. And, a, little, uh, a little behind on Big Sky. Ravens Bucks. Yes. Is Does Tom Brady lose again? I bet Tom Brady will look like gosh, he's lost see, 10 more here's, pounds. Here's tonight. the worst. I have to cheer for him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lesser two evils. No, no Lamar. Today's highlight in history, this date in 2018, a gunman shot and killed 11 congregants and wounded six others at Pittsburgh's Tree of Life Synagogue. In 1787, the first of the Federalist Papers, a series of essays calling for ratification of the U.S. Constitution, was first published. That, Why do you write that, like you're running out of time? Was that Why Thomas Paine? Right, you write you time. Um... The Federalist Papers were also uh, Hamilton, and then there were multiple authors of (laughs) the Federalist Papers. I think that's right, yeah. In 1962, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, a U-2 reconnaissance aircraft was shot down while flying over Cuba. Amy Coney Barrett was sworn in to the Supreme Court this date in 2020. Yesterday was her confirmation anniversary. 
John Cleese from Monty Python is 83 today. Lee Greenwood is 80 today. Simon LeBon from Duran Duran is 64. Kelly Osborne is 38. Gone but not forgotten. James Cook, born in 1728. You know, he's famous for crashing into the Hawaiian Islands. I like to say he discovered them. He discovered mm-hmm. them by crashing into them and ruining his boat. Teddy Roosevelt, born this date in 1858. Floyd Kramer, born this date in 1933. Is he related to the other Kramer? Mm-hmm. 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 I know that's all I can think Grandfather. of. That song's been played in many a piano recital. Floyd Kramer's last last date, yeah. Of long ago, when the settlers and the miners good old Rusty Draper, number one. What the crafty Navajo, the shifting, whispering sands. How the cattle roam the valley, happy people. Y'all anxious to hear how it turns out? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you probably have to do it on your own time. <laughs> Word? Oh, sorry. Uh, let's go to 1964. Manfred Mann. There she was, just walking down the street singing. Can't hear this song without thinking of stripes. That's a So they were actually on, you know, they went they went drilling off there at Fort Knox and they were doing the do I diddy drill, their chant. Y'all not seen uh, I don't drives. think so. No. I don't think so. <laughs> 1973. George and Tammy. We're going Sam's super happy. You played that about 45 seconds too long. Oh, you got to hear. It's got that little syncopated, it's got that extra beat in there that throws you off. It See, and the it thing is, you only intriguing. played about 25 seconds, but it was still about 45 seconds. Who can it be now? Men at work, number one in 82. Where are you on Men at Work? I'm just glad it's not the safety dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, men at Work did not do the safety dance. Oh, who was dance. the safety dance then? Um, men Without Hats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's after Men at Work. They take their hats off uh-huh. and they're Men Without Hats. <laughs> Travis Tritt, number one. Danny Moore in 91. Like this song. What do we got? Like 2002 next? My tears no longer wait. What did you say? 2002 next? Yeah, something something right. like that. My resistance ain't that strong. One of Travis Tritt's best songs, by the way. I agree. Mm. I don't want to hear the rest then. Bye, bye. Christina Aguilera, number one in 2000. With Come on over. Come on over. She and I have both aged quite a bit since then. <laughs> well, see, I was—I didn't throw her singularly under the bus. I also said we both have aged a lot, about twenty-two years worth. Miley, 
was number one in 09. That's been in the Buckles household dance party. Oh, yeah. This is like sixth grade, I think, is when this song came out for me. She likes it. I mean, Alaya likes it too. Juice World, Lucid Dreams, number one, four years ago today. They are your chart toppers for today. So you, you might want to be a little careful. I would say I always have to glance at the screen because it's got I'm, I'm watching like, it for you. Here comes the landmine. Like, uh, oh, no, you're good right now. I'm watching it. Right, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. You never really understand a person until you consider things from their point of view. You never really understand a person until you consider things from their point of view. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.